Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Jason Zelda here. This is not a new video, actually. This is an update of my 2017 bonus video. And it's an update I've been wanting to do for a while because uh, when I originally put the video up, I sort of rushed through it because there was so much information that when I went through the editing process, I left some things out that I needed to put in there. So what I did is I wanted to streamline the video now that I've had time, make it a bit shorter. And for the things that I forgot to put in, like uh, I would quote a Bible verse but forget to put it up on the screen. Now you'll have it up on the screen. There were times I'm quoting from publications, and in the original video, I hadn't put the actual publications on the screen. I've gone and hunted down those publications, and now they're on the screen as well. So people can see when I'm quoting from something, I'm not making it up. I'm presenting it to you just like it is. So hopefully with these additions to the video, it'll make things a bit better to help people come out of the Watchtower and come to Jesus Christ. That's really what this channel is all about. It's what I'm all about as well. I'm not going to take a lot of time with a long introduction or anything like that, but I do want to welcome all of you who are new to the channel. I'm glad to have you here. There's 20 videos in the Hidden from Jehovah's Witness series. I also did another video series called Answering the Atheist. That's three videos. I also did a video called Cult Busting 101 and Answering the Critics of the King James Bible is another video that I did that will help you grow strong to learn which Bible is the Word of God in the English language. There's a whole bunch of books out there calling themselves Bibles today, but there's only one that actually is. They don't all say the same thing. They don't all teach the same thing. And it's very important that before you go out and pick a Bible, you need to know a little bit about the background and the history and you know what you're actually getting. Because not every book that calls itself a Bible is the Word of God. So we're going to jump right into this video now. I hope you guys will enjoy it and enjoy the updates that I've made to it. And since I've made it a little bit shorter, hopefully some more will be able to hang around and watch the whole thing. That'll be really great. Well, I hope you guys have a great weekend, and I'll see you down the road. Greetings ladies and gentlemen, Jason Zelda here with a bonus video, bonus video for you guys. As we're getting ready for video number 10, I wanted to present this bonus video to update everybody on some things that I've been researching, things I've been looking into, and uh, get people caught up so that when video 10, which is actually going to be the 19th video of the Hidden from Jehovah's Witness series, when that one drops, uh, that'll be the end of it, the end of the series. I had no idea when I originally started doing this video series that it was going to turn into a 20 video series. I honestly didn't. But I am thankful for all of you who've taken a time out of your lives to sit back and watch the video series, who've been uh, benefiting from the information that I've been providing and things of that nature. I've never been a Jehovah's Witness, not once. I've never once set foot in a kingdom hall. And I'm showing people that you can learn a lot about groups, and you can learn a lot more when you're on the outside than you can when you're on the inside. Because when you're on the inside, you can only see what they allow you to see. But when you're on the outside, you can see what they want you to see, and you can see what's all around it. It's like getting the helicopter view of a parade. You can see the beginning of the parade, and you can see the end of the parade. But those who are down at ground level can only see what's in front of them. 
This video series was put together for the purpose of trying to reach people who ended up joining Jehovah's Witnesses thinking that they were joining a Christian religion, and I wanted to set the record straight to let them know that the Jehovah's Witness religion is not Christian, never has been. It classifies itself as a Christian religion, but its teachings are opposed to the Word of God. That's why they wrote their own version of a Bible. Because what they wanted to teach went contrary to what the scriptures taught. So they wrote their own Bible version. In the June 1st, 1997 Watchtower, have it right here. We talked about this in the last video dealing with child custody. We're going to give you guys some more news, by the way, on the child custody front, so stay tuned. It says here, page 6, June 1st, 1997 Watchtower. It says, their book, Jehovah's Witnesses, Proclaimers of God's Kingdom, correctly notes, Jehovah's Witnesses are in no sense a secret society. We started off with this in the last video. They claim they're not a secret society. Yet this entire video series that I've put together has been revealing secrets that the Jehovah's Witness that comes knocking on my door has no knowledge of. It goes on to say, true religion is in true religion in no way practices secretiveness. Worshippers of the true God have been instructed not to hide their identity or to obscure their purpose as Jehovah's Witnesses. So if true religion in no way practices secretiveness, then what are all these secrets that the Watchtower has that's been being revealed in this video series? They're acknowledging to you that it's not true religion that they're presenting to you because they're telling you true religion is not going to have secrets. They're going to put everything out there. Myself, as a born-again Christian, I'm not hiding nothing from anybody. I tell people exactly what I believe. I believe in this King James Bible as the preserved word of God in the English language. I believe Jesus Christ is God. Manifest in the flesh, he died on the cross for our sins, rose again three days later, was seen by more than 500 people after he rose from the dead. Some of them wrote about it, and it made its way to the Bible, so that we in our day can know what happened. I believe Jesus is going to return in the future, and I believe your sins can be forgiven by one way, through Jesus Christ and him alone. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. You can't buy it. You're not going to bribe God on Judgment Day and say, you should let me in the kingdom because I did this and I did that. No. The only way you're going to get in is by the grace of God. It is by grace you're saved, not of works. It's a gift of God. You don't earn gifts. Gifts are freely given. When you're in a group like Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, various other groups, they will lead you to believe you have to earn God's favor. That's why they're always out there going door to door and setting up a kiosk and going to all these meetings and all this stuff. They feel they have to earn what God is trying to freely give them through Jesus Christ. And I want to let you know something uh, if you're out there and you're a Jehovah's Witness. Jesus told Nicodemus, you want to see the kingdom? Jehovah's Witness is already talking about the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. You think you're going to see the kingdom? I want you to understand that Jesus is not going to change his rules for you. Jesus said, unless you are born again, ye shall not see the kingdom of God. 
He didn't make any exceptions. Are you born again? Don't tell me you don't have to be or you're going to call Jesus Christ a liar. He said ye must be born again. Or you're not even going to see the kingdom. No matter how many doors you knock on. No matter how many magazines you give away. Jesus said ye must be born again. Or you're not getting in. You can only be born again through Jesus Christ and having him forgive you of your sins. You cannot earn it by giving away magazines. I'm just telling you the way it is. For those of you who are not familiar with the Hidden from Jehovah's Witness video series that I've put together, I want to run through the basics of what the videos are about really quick for you. If you want to check them out, learn a bit more, there's a lot of information there, heavily documented with a lot of information to help you guys out. Video number one, I deal with the child sex scandal inside the group. Most members have no idea that there is a child sexual scandal, pedophile scandal, whole nine yards going on inside the group. In video number one, I show news articles from all over the world showing Jehovah's Witnesses that this is not a local thing, it is a global thing, that the leadership, the governing body, the whole nine yards, they all know this is going on and has been going on, and they haven't really been doing much about it. They've been allowing it to go on because the leadership of the group cares more about their public reputation than they do the safety of their own members. In video number two, I deal with the Jehovah's Witness Bible version. Where did it come from? Because they will not tell their members where their Bible came from. So I took the opportunity to try to show Jehovah's Witnesses where their Bible came from. I show them that in 1937, this Bible version was produced. It's called the New Testament by Johannes Grieber. It's a New Testament that was put together by a man named Johannes Grieber. I'll put it on your screen. And Johannes Grieber put together this Bible version by his own admission. He put it together through trances and seances. He let the demons translate for him. This right here in my hand is a demonically translated Bible version. And Johannes Grieber admits that. This came out in 1937. It's got a gold cross on the front, and on the leaf here, it's got a white one that fits over it. When the Jehovah's Witness leadership wanted to come out with their own Bible version, they could not find a Christian that would support their views. There's no way a Christian is going to say Jesus is a God. Come to think of it, let me ask you something as I'm trying to put the cover back on this Bible here. This so-called Bible. Let me ask you something, Jehovah's Witness. If Jesus is a God, is he a true God? Or a false God? How many true gods are there? If there's one true God, and your Bible says Jesus is a God, is he a true God or a false God?
If he's a true God, he's Jehovah. If he's a false God, like the devil, then why do you end your prayers in Jesus' name? And why do you bother with any of the teachings that are in your Bible's New Testament in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? When a lot of this were the words of Jesus, if he's a false God. If he's a false God, what does it matter what he says? If he's a true God, why won't you bow your knee and worship him as God? There's one reason why. Because your governing body told you not to. And they wrote their Bible version and altered it to make sure that you would never recognize who Jesus really was. Do you know in this version of your Bible, some of you might not even be aware of your green one, because they're trying to switch you guys over to digital, and in your digital books, they can easily make changes without you even knowing. This is your 1950 New World Translation. In your 1950 New World Translation in Hebrews chapter 1, Jesus was worshipped. It says that all the angels of God worship him. But you see, the leadership of your group is trying to get rid of the hardbound books. Because they don't want you to see their real history. If they can convert you all to digital books, PDFs, websites, they can easily go in and change the books so that you never know what they really said. But when you have the physical book, they can't go and change this. They're trying to cover up and hide their past by telling you, oh, just go to the website, just go to the website, just go to the website. You ever put your uh, Watchtower CD-ROM in and says, would you like to update? Do you know what happens when your computer, how many of you have Windows 10? I never upgrade. I stayed with 7. I had enough sense not to upgrade. I would not trust a multi-billion dollar company that says, here, I'm going to give you this for free. It'll collect all your information. Everything you type in, everything you do. It'll report back to Microsoft. That's why they gave it away for free. And they force updates, whether you want them or not. Those of you who have Windows 10, you know exactly what I'm talking about. In the most inconvenient times, it's updating and you can't do nothing with your computer. You're stuck. you got to sit there and wait. I never upgrade. I stay with 7. When they upgrade your computer, they're making changes. You have no idea what they're changing. When you have the hardbound book, you can see what they changed. When you have the Bible that was handed down from generation to generation to generation to generation, that people bled and died to give us the King James Bible, you can open this up knowing that God's word doesn't change. You can open this book up and you can compare it 
and see what's been changed. The leadership of your group said, true religion doesn't practice secretiveness. Really? Explain this, Watchtower. This is your book. Why does your book have the Egyptian sun god on it? The time is at hand. The Egyptian sun god. Helping hand for Bible students. Open it up. Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. Why does your book have the Egyptian sun god on it, Watchtower? If the origins of the group are pagan, it would explain it, wouldn't it? The Finnish mystery. The Egyptian sun god's on it. Why the Egyptian sun god on your book, Watchtower? You got secrets you're hiding. 1982 edition, I believe this is. 1982. You can live forever in paradise on earth. Some of you may remember this book. This book has been altered so many times over the years. But there's something strange. They always seem to keep the cover. But the contents on the inside keep changing. The average Jehovah's Witness has no idea. Let me show you. This is your You Can Live Forever in Paradise on Earth book. Some of you are familiar with this image here. Yes, indeed. Talking about sex. A group very, whose leadership is very familiar with that. Take a look on next to the lamp. I'm going to put a clearer picture on your screen so that you can see. There is a picture under the lamp. I'm going to put it on your screen so you can see it. In the 1982 edition of this book, the picture next to the lamp is a ram's head. One of the pagan sex gods was pictured in that picture. Why is the Egyptian sex god in your book, Watchtower? In later editions of this book, if you don't think they knew something's going on. They did it on purpose. In later editions of this book, that picture is exactly the same. Same woman, same man, same lamp, everything, but the picture's been changed to a nondescript picture. Why did they put that pagan image in your picture? And the leadership of your group wants to convince you that they're just teaching your Bible truth. 
and they're not hiding anything from you. You're not supposed to know that they're putting pagan symbolism and subliminal images in their books. You're not supposed to know. I felt people had a right to know. Because I'm like this. I believe a person has a right to worship what they want. I would prefer they worship Jesus Christ and read and study the King James Bible. I prefer them do that. But people have the freedom to worship what they want. And all I ask is, if you're going to get involved in something, know what it is you're getting involved in. Don't hide from the people what's really required of them. Don't lure them in the door under false pretenses, and then once you get them in, lock them in. And make them too scared to leave. That's what the cults do. I believe people have a right to know what's being hidden from them. So when I uncovered this evidence about the Jehovah Witness leadership, they wanted to write their own Bible version. They couldn't find any Christians that would support their views. So they said, well, we'll go look up a spirit medium, just like Saul did in the Bible. They looked up Johannes Grieber. Johannes Grieber had written this occult, demonic Bible version, and his Bible version in John 1.1 reads the exact same way as it does in here. They changed the Word of God. They couldn't find a Christian to support their views, so they went to a spirit medium. And they quoted from the spirit medium in this book, The Word, Who Is He According to John? Very rare book to find, not easy to find, but this is a Watchtower publication, so you can see I'm not making it up. The word, who is he, according to John, open it up, and there's your watchtower. Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. They quote from Johannes Grieber in here as support for their translation of John 1.1. In this book here, Make Sure of All Things, they quote from Johannes Grieber again, I believe it's under the section of Trinity, they quote from this demonically translated Bible version called the New Testament, a new translation and explanations from the earliest manuscripts by Johannes Grieber. They quote from a spirit medium, which the Bible forbids you to do in order to support their translation of the Bible. And when a Jehovah Witness asked them, who translated the Bible? Who translated the New World Translation? Oh, brothers, these men don't want to reveal their names. You know, they don't want to take any credit for doing this mighty work for God. They want Jehovah to get the glory. Really? What glory is Jehovah going to get from a revised version of Johannes Grieber's demonic Bible? Because that's what the New World Translation is. It's a revised version of Johannes Grieber's Bible translation with Watchtower doctrine, Watchtower terms, and everything thrown in. It's not given Jehovah glory. It degrades its son. It degrades the son of God and changes the story of the Bible. It does not bring him glory. In video number three, I dealt with 1914 and 1975, and I showed you that this book here, another Watchtower publication, again, hardbound book, they cannot change the book. I guarantee you, this book is not going to appear on JW.org anytime soon. It's called Light Book One. It was written by the second president of the Watchtower Society. This is a Watchtower publication as well. 
international Bible students, Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. I would walk up to the camera again, but it's getting kind of old. I got a lot to cover, but it's called Light Book One. And in this book, Joseph Rutherford, who gave you guys the name Jehovah's Witnesses, he admits in this book that 1914 and what they predicted didn't come to pass because he was there. Page 194. This is what he wrote. He was alive in 1914. He was there. This is what he wrote. All the Lord's people look forward to 1914 with joyful expectation. When that time came and passed, there was much disappointment, chagrin, and mourning, and the Lord's people were greatly in reproach. They were ridiculed by the clergy and by their allies in particular, and pointed to with scorn because they had said so much about 1914 and what would come to pass, and their prophecies had not been fulfilled. One wearing sackcloth usually puts it on himself. God's people on earth, after the reproach that came upon them following 1914, put sackcloth upon themselves as an evidence of mourning. Why were they mourning? Because their leadership had prophesied Armageddon for 1914 and it didn't happen. They didn't promise an invisible return. They didn't promise that, as it says in the gray mist, they didn't promise that 1914 Jesus was going to cast the dragon down. They promised Armageddon. And when Armageddon didn't happen, there was disappointment and chagrin. And they said themselves, the prophecy was not fulfilled. I didn't write this. Joseph Rutherford wrote this. The man who gave you the name Jehovah's Witness. But the leadership of your organization thrives in a veil of secrecy. They don't want you to know. That's why the generation of 1914 passed away with no Armageddon. Because they know nothing happened in 1914. They didn't predict World War I. Show me any article that they came out with before 1914 that said World War I. No. They had set a specific date, and it's always set to the lunar calendar. And that date was far after World War I had begun. They admit in this book that nothing happened in 1914. Therefore, the Armageddon that they keep you in fear of is also fake. They're putting you in fear for no reason. But it's for their reasons. For as long as you're kept scared, you're going to give blind obedience to them. You'll give them your money and your property and your time, your energy and your talents. And when they're done with you, they will throw you away. Ask the ex-Bethelites what happened to them. They worked them like dogs, barely paid them anything, and then kicked them out when they were done. In video number three, I show you the proof that the leadership knows nothing happened in 1914. When the date failed for 1914, they changed it to 1925 in this book right here. Again, another book that they can't change because it's a physical book. It's not a PDF that can be changed. In this book here, they said 1925 was the new date, brothers. 1925. No Armageddon for 1925 either. 
So they changed the date to 1975 in this book here. Life Everlasting and Freedoms of the Sons of God. Watchtower Publication. It said, Thus, according to our Bible, uh, trustworthy Bible chronology, page 29, according to our trustworthy Bible chronology, 6,000 years from man's creation will end in 1975. Not might end, not could end, not it's our best guess will end in 1975 and the seventh period of a thousand years of human history will begin in the fall of 1975 CE so 6,000 years of man's existence on the earth will soon be up yes within this generation Watchtower publication life everlasting and freedoms of the sons of God they told their members 1975 was going to be Armageddon Watchtower publication. This book ain't going to show up on JW.org either. They're wanting you to put your trust on their website. A website that at a click of a button they can change what's written. If you got the hardbound books, hang on to them. They're more valuable than gold and exposing the watchtower for the things that they're trying to keep secret. In video number four, I dealt with the watchtower's pagan practices and their government involvement. This whole concept of pagan practice inside the watchtower is a mystery to Jehovah's Witnesses. What do you mean pagan practices? They think they don't do anything pagan. Yet I show them in the January 8th, 1947 Awake article, they told their members that the practice of excommunication, which is disfellowshipping, and shunning someone who has been disfellowshipped, they said it was a pagan practice, and <clears throat> excuse me, and they backed it up with Bible verses. One of the Bible verses that they used was 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Today, they tell their members that disfellowshipping and shunning is a Christian practice. And how do they back it up in the Bible? 1 Corinthians chapter 5. So they'll take the same chapter of the Bible and have it teach two opposite things. My Bible tells me that God is not a God of confusion, and God is not a man that he would lie. God is not going to teach two opposite things from the same chapter of the Bible. But the Watchtower did. And some of you have not spoken to your own children in weeks, months, years, decades. And you think it's a godly thing to do? Because of who? Because of the people who put the Egyptian sun god in their book when they came out originally? These guys? You trust in these guys? You, you mean the guys who uh, couldn't find any Christians to support their views so they, they went to the spirit medium? The, these guys? These are the ones that told you to shun your, your family? These are the ones you're listening to. The, the ones who told you, you don't got to worry about being born again. You can make it to the kingdom when Jesus said, ye must be born again. Or you won't even see the kingdom. 
It's going to come down to who in the world are you trusting? Jesus Christ or men? After video number four, I thought I was done. But after video number four, I began to get messages from Jehovah's Witnesses telling me they were leaving the Jehovah's Witness group. And I was happy that they were coming out, but I wanted to make sure that they had their doctrines correct. I didn't want them coming out still thinking Jesus was Michael the Archangel and that he hung on a stake. So in video number five, I went through Jehovah's Witnesses' own literature and showed them that the leadership of their group knows full well that Jesus died on the cross. They just refused to teach it. I show you the actual books they claim to quote from in books like Reasoning from the Scripture. Well, they claim to quote from various books. I show you what the books actually say. And what you'll find is that they took books that teach that Jesus died on a cross. And when they quoted these books, they quoted it in such a way as to lead the reader to think these books don't teach the cross at all. Now, is that a Christian practice? To literally take a sentence from over here, put dot, 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 and then take a sentence from way over here and bring that together and say, this is what that book actually teaches. But when you go and look at what the book actually says, the book clearly teaches that Jesus died on the cross. The Catholic Encyclopedia teaches he died on the cross. The Imperial Bible Dictionary teaches he died on the cross. The book De Cruz Liber Primus that they claim to quote from in the back of your kingdom interlinear version, where they have the picture of the man with the hands over top of his head, claiming that's how Jesus died, according to the book De Cruz Liber Primus. But when you look in the book, De Cruz Liber Primus by Justice Lipsius, he clearly portrays Jesus Christ on a cross. But they kept that secret from you. These are the ones who use the spirit medium to help them put their Bible together. And you're going to trust them to give you truthful information? In video number six, the Jehovah's leadership decided they're going to put the name Jehovah in the New Testament, even though there is not one Greek New Testament that had the word Jehovah in it. Not one. Not one. I challenge any Jehovah's Witness scholar to tell me what's the Greek word for Jehovah. Ain't there. They know it ain't there. But what they did, and you can do this by getting your own Greek purple interlinear version. You can see, and I'll show you right in the video, video number six. There are words that they translate as Jehovah. That very same word is used for Jesus Christ. But when the verse is clearly talking about the Father, they'll translate it Jehovah. When the verse is talking about Jesus, they'll translate that exact same word as Lord. It's the exact same word. So it had the exact same meaning. But because they refuse to translate it as Jehovah when it's talking about Jesus, the reader will think... Jesus is not God and that's what they wanted because after all they're listening to the spirit medium they're not listening to God don't you get it remember February 2017 Watchtower study edition I believe it was they told you they're not inspired 
They said the governing body is not inspired and that they err in doctrinal matters. Not inspired means they don't hear from the Holy Spirit. They don't hear from the Holy Spirit. So if they're not hearing from the Holy Spirit and they've admitted it in your February 2017 watchtower, then um, what spirit are they listening to? What spirit is helping them write books that has the Egyptian sun god on it? What spirit would tell them that the world's going to end in 1925? What would get them to lie about 1914? What spirit is going to get them to lie about 1975? What spirit is going to make them lie about how Jesus died? I think I know. And you know. Are you going to keep following that spirit? Because I tell you, you keep following that spirit and that spirit is going to take you where it lives and where the evil spirits live. Jesus offers you a better way. You can work all your life as a Jehovah Witness, knocking on doors, giving away magazines, going to every meeting, every convention, everything and on your deathbed you'll be wondering whether or not you've done enough to make it 80 years in the group 70 years in the group 50 60 years in the group and on your deathbed you are in deadly fear wondering if you've done enough to make it after all that time I'm gonna show you the faith that I have I don't worry about trying to earn my way to heaven, trying to earn my way to God's favor. You know why? I had to come to terms with this years ago. Either I'm going to believe this book or I'm not. And when I begin to research this book and the background and the stories and the things that are mentioned in this book, although some of the stories may sound unbelievable, the archaeologist's shovel continues to show us that what this book said happened, happened. No matter how unbelievable it might sound. We may not understand it all. But this book is an accurate historical record. Of the human race from beginning to end. And it's been translated into our language. And there are people both in Christian and non-Christian circles. That are doing everything they can. To pull you away from the King James Bible. To follow any other version. Because all the other versions have been changed. Including this one which has been changed much more than many others. This so-called New World Translation. I call it the gray mist because the deeper you get into it, the darker it gets. The more it obscures your vision, the harder it is to see what the reality is. It's like going deeper and deeper into the fog till you can't even see the hand in front of your face. And they're telling you, oh, brother, just keep walking, just keep walking, just keep going, just keep going. Armageddon's right around the corner. And they don't tell you you're about to walk off a cliff. 
And when you walk off that cliff, the leadership is not even going to budge. They're not going to feel a thing because they don't even know you. Governing body don't know you. They can care less whether you come or go. Those men are paid big money. And they're living big lives. Big time lives. How big? How big? Where's my paperwork here? Sometimes there's a big gathering. We're going to get some more of the videos in a moment. I got so much stuff to cover. Sometimes there are gatherings that take place and they release their notes long after the gathering has taken place. This one here was a 2012 summit that took place dealing with investments. It's all about making big, big, big money. If you're going to be part of this group, you have got to be an organization that has big money or you can't even get through the door. I began to look through this and I saw there were politicians here. Here you have Alan Greenspan. He's the man that's in charge of the Federal Reserve to print your money. Down here you have Madeleine Albright, former Secretary of State under Bill Clinton, ultra leftist politician. The corporations represented at this place are a who's who of big businesses from around the world. Let me give you a few that are listed here at the attendees. AT&T, Bank of America, Beneficial Life Company, the Catholic Health Partners, or the Catholic Church involved here. We got Charles Schwab Corporation, again big corporations here, Cigna. For those of you who are conspiracy buffs, look at it highlighted there. The Council on Foreign Relations is part of this gathering. Dow Chemical Company, the Federal Republic of Nigeria, now we have politicians involved. Fifth Third Bank, big time banks. General Dynamics, General Mills, General Motors, Google, again, billion dollar corporations represented at this place. Lockheed Martin, a military machine uh, weapons company. Municipal Government of Rio de Janeiro, more politicians. In the end category, we have Northrop Grumman, among other companies. Again, massive big businesses, big money corporations. Oak Ridge National Laboratories, and here's the page with the coup de grace on it. Under you, there's a whole bunch of groups here, but highlighted here is the United Nations Joint Staff Pension Fund. United Nations is here. Under Y, you have the YMCA. Are Jehovah's Witnesses allowed to attend the YMCA? Just wondering. And under W, who else is part of this group, along with the Council on Foreign Relations and Northrop Grumman and all of these other companies? Who is under W as being a member of this group? Let's take a look here. It says Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. Watchtower. The organization that tells its people, be afraid, be very afraid, be deathly afraid, because the world is going to end at any second in a fiery Armageddon. So while they have their people in fear of the end of the world, they're sitting back making money, hand over fist. They're not living like the end of the world's coming tomorrow. They're living like they got plenty of time to sit back and make big, big money. And that's exactly what they've been doing. And for you who have joined Jehovah's Witnesses thinking that you joined a Christian organization that's going to lead you to God, they are misleading you. 
and they're doing it on purpose and they don't care because they are making money that's their God their God is green he's made of paper and he can get them pretty much anywhere they want to go all the way to the White House who do you think bought their headquarters building in New York you heard the name Jared Kushner before yeah that Jared Kushner Donald Trump's son-in-law with the money you've been able to put in the box in the back of the Kingdom Hall the leadership of your organization has been able to build this big-time reputation as a fat cat company with big money and they're able to rub elbows with these people in these various different corporations but they're not talking to these people about religion they're there to make money they're not living like the world's gonna end at any second they're living large at your expense and you have a right to know I don't live in fear of Armageddon because I know what the Bible really says and we're gonna deal with some of that a little later this is what I stand on first John chapter 5 verse 13 in my King James Bible the Bible that's gonna tell it like it is it says these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God let me read it again these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God the word ye in the King James Bible is a plural word it means all of you but rather than writing all of you every time the word all of you appeared in the Greek they just summed it up in two letters ye so now when you hear the word ye that means all of you these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God whose name we supposed to believe on did it say here these things have I written unto you to believe on the name of Jehovah it's not what it says is it if you want eternal life according to the Bible there's one name given to men by which we must be saved the name Christ Jesus that's the name that was given to us not Jehovah I'm just telling you what the scripture says you can choose to reject it if you want you're free to reject it if you want to reject it I'm just showing you what the scripture says these things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God that ye all of you may know that ye all of you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God I believe on the name of the Son of God that he died on the cross for my sins for every wicked thing I've ever done he paid for the whole thing he didn't have to but it was because of his love and his grace that he did and all he does he scratches out that nail scarred hand says come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest you as a Jehovah's Witness has no rest whatsoever you are worked to the bone and you know it 
meetings and meetings and meetings and watchtowers and watchtowers and watchtowers and awakes and awakes and underlining this and underlining that and going to all these conventions and you got nothing to show for it on your deathbed. Because when you stand before God at the end, he's not going to ask you how many magazines did you distribute. He wants to know, did you believe on his son for the forgiveness of your sins or not? Or did you try to earn it on your own? If you try to earn it on your own, the Bible says it's by grace you're saved. Not by works. It's a gift of God. It's not by works. It's the gift of God. If you try to earn what he's trying to give you for free, you're not going to be allowed in the kingdom. You're not getting there under your own effort. He did all the work. It's like if somebody built a house and the house is completely done. It's fully furnished. Cars already in the garage. Food's already in the in the fridge, in the cabinets. Everything is set for you. All you have to do is live in it. You don't got to add nothing to it. It's done. What are you going to add to what Jesus did on the cross? What are you going to add to what he did on that cross? Did he lie when he said it is finished? Or did he mean it when he said it is finished? If it's finished, then don't go adding door to door service to what he did. Don't think that you're going to add anything by putting up a kiosk somewhere, teaching lessons that were taught to you by people who learned it from a spirit medium. And trying to tell you they learned it from Jehovah. I got one more video to go. I'm trying to get everything out. So that when I do this last video, I can finally say, guys, I've given you all my research work. I broke it down. I didn't yell at you. I didn't scream at you. I just showed you in love what I'm talking about. And if you want to be a Christian, here's the book that teaches you how. King James. Don't go anywhere else. Don't have to. He ended the book by saying you don't add nothing to it and you don't take anything from it. You look at every single version out there that's out there. They take stuff away from the Bible. And they add stuff to the Bible that don't belong in it. How many verses are missing in this New World Translation? Where's Matthew 17, 21? Where's Matthew 18, 11? Where did that verse, where did those verses go? Mark 9, 44, Mark 9, 46. Look in here. Where are they? They're gone. God said you don't take stuff out of his word unless you want him to judge you. And he wasn't joking around. This book has everything in it that you need. That's why the world's trying to get you away from this book. But even the watchtower knows this book is where the power is because on their Bible link, they actually advertise the King James. Along with this. They give you the real so that they can swap it for a counterfeit.
they lure you in with the real so that they can swap it with the counterfeit. Mormon Church does the same thing. They'll have commercials up promoting the King James Bible. And then when you get in there, they take away the King James and they give you a Book of Mormon. It's bait and switch. Here's the word of God. You have a choice. You can believe it or reject it. But if you reject it, it's your choice. You can't say, Jason Zelda yelled at me, pointed at me, called me names, blah, blah, blah. I didn't do any of that. This whole series, I didn't do any of that. I'm sitting down talking to you like you're sitting here in my home. Well, my little place I have here. I talk to you like you're my friend. Because as far as I'm concerned, you are. Now, I know in your religion, I'm considered the bad guy, an opposer. But hey, what did I do? I showed you the word of God. I showed you what the Bible said. I showed you what your literature said and how they changed stuff. Did that make me a bad guy? Wouldn't you prefer somebody come to you and tell you this than to let you just walk through the mist until you walk off the cliff? Let me ask you a question. If a total stranger walked up to you and handed you a pill and said, take this, it'll make you better. Would you take it? You don't know this guy. You don't know what that pill is. Would you take it? Then why would you take it? When a group of guys you don't even know come to you and say, we represent Jehovah God, trust us. But, but who, who wrote this Bible? Uh, who put it together? Oh, we don't want to reveal that information to you. I mean, these men are, are you know, they just want Jehovah to get the glory. Yeah, but, but what is this pill that you're offering me? What is this pill? Can I at least test it to see what it is before I accept this? Oh, no, man, if you test it, I mean, we're, we're going to have to take you to a judicial committee. You just got to trust Jehovah's organization. Well, Jehovah's organization. Where does it say in the Bible God uses an organization? And if they're Jehovah's organization, how did God choose them? What exactly did he do? I mean, with Moses, he was able to put his rod in the water and the water part. And he was able to strike a rock and water come out. And he was able to call down things from the sky. And he was able to do all kinds of signs and wonders to prove that he was being used by God. What are your signs? What is your evidence? What is this pill you want me to take blindly? Why don't you want me to research your background? Why don't you want me to call the police if something bad happens in this group? You want to cover it up. Why don't you want me to know about the spirit mediums that was consulted to help you? I'm not taking your pill. I don't know you. Depart from me. I know where this pill came from. It's got a long history of making people strong, building people up, bringing families together, 
and leading people to Jesus Christ in forgiveness of sins. This King James Bible pill works every time. I know where it came from. But this, this pill written by the Watchtower and this pill written by the Watchtower don't even contain the same ingredients. This one Jesus is worshipped, this one he's not. This one he's impaled on a torture stake, this one he's nailed to a torture stake. You want to see something gross? Do you know what it really means to be impaled on a torture stake? Go on to Google and just type in impaled on a torture stake. Ignore all the watchtower pictures and look at what the real image is of what it means to be impaled on a torture stake. To be impaled on a torture stake, and I'm not trying to be derogatory, guys. You can see the pictures. Astaros is a pointed stake. It's got a point, sharp end on it. The Watchtower don't tell you about the pointed part. They just talk about stake. The definition is a pointed stake. Impaled on a torture stake is when they take a person, strip them naked, and they take this staros, this pointed long stake, and they shove it up the person's rear end. And because it's sharp, as they continue to force it through the body, it just pierces all the organs all the way up. And they don't stop pushing it through until either it comes out the person's mouth or comes out of their chest. And they leave the person there to suffer and die. That's what it means to be impaled on a torture stake. And for decades, the Watchtower Bible had Jesus as impaled on a torture stake but they would picture him on an upright beam with both hands over top of his head but you can take an apple and call it an orange and that doesn't make that apple an orange it doesn't make that apple taste like an orange either impaled on a torture stake has a meaning and it is so derogatory to think that the leadership of that group would take a word they had to know what impaled on a torture stake really means And they use that term to describe how Jesus died. They just changed the pictures in their artwork. I think people have a right to know. This is the video before the last video. I'm just getting it all off my chest now. I don't know how long this video is going to be. I'm just going to get it out there for you guys. I'm going to give you a lot to think about. We're going to keep going. I got a lot more to go. But look it up. You'll see I'm telling you the truth, guys. I got no reason to lie to you. I'm not trying to recruit you into nothing. Just look it up. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. So in video six, I show the people by using the Jehovah Witnesses own interlinear version that the leadership takes a word. They'll translate that word as Jehovah. But when that exact same word is used for Jesus, they'll just translate it as Lord. They don't want Jesus to be God. It's not that he's not God. They don't want him to be God. So in their Bible version, they did all they could to change every verse that showed that he's God. But they failed. There's too many of them in the Bible. And they failed 
to cover up every verse. In video 7, I showed Jehovah's Witnesses a easy-to-understand definition of what is commonly called the Trinity. My King James Bible uses the term Godhead. And I find it interesting. Some of you are familiar with the fact that the manuscript that the King James Bible is translated from is completely different than the manuscripts that all the other Bible versions that are around are translated from. The new Bible versions rely on the Catholic manuscripts and what's known as the Alexandrian manuscripts or Westcott and Hort, Nessa Aland, a whole bunch of names, not going to get into all that. The King James Bible comes from a completely different set of manuscripts. The manuscripts the King James comes from, it is well known they contain what's called Bible codes. In the manuscripts, they have word codes. You can find words and names and places and things hidden within the text. Since this Bible is translated from those manuscripts, it too contains codes. But the codes that tend to be in here are like number codes. I find it very interesting. That's a topic for another time. But the word Godhead, which we get our word Trinity from, three times in the King James Bible. Three times in the King James Bible. The word for Trinity appearing three times in the King James Bible. I show the Jehovah Witness in video number seven. That yes, the Bible says no man has seen God any time. It says it in two verses. Then I take them through your own Bible version, the gray mist. And I show you verse after verse after verse after verse in your own Bible where it says Jehovah appeared to someone. Genesis 17, 1, Genesis 18, 1. And a whole bunch of others where it says Jehovah appeared. Now when you show this to Jehovah's Witnesses, they say, oh, no, that was the angel of Jehovah. My response is real simple. If it's the angel of Jehovah, why didn't it say angel of Jehovah? You claim your translation is the most accurate ever, even though it's got verses missing. You say it's the most accurate verse version ever made um, until they come out with the next version of it. And then they'll claim that that's the most accurate one ever made, while my King James Bible has been the same for over 400 years because God's word doesn't change. In the book of Exodus chapter 6, God himself said that he appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In your own Bible, Jehovah says, I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Exodus chapter 6. So, if no man has seen God any time, then who is this Jehovah that keeps appearing throughout the Old Testament? Just think about it. Watch the video. It's actually an audio. Listen to the audio of video number seven. And I guarantee you, you'll never see Jesus the same way again because... You, People have left me comments after listening to that audio and went, you know what? I, I never thought about that. I never considered that. Just check out the video. In video 7B, somebody had written to me asking me, could you please do a video on what the Bible really has to say concerning blood transfusions? I said, I sure will.
because if it saves somebody's life, then it's worth it. And I tell you, that was one of the most emotional videos I've ever done. But um, video 7B, the Bible and blood transfusions, I take people through the scripture, the real word of God, the King James, and I show them what the Bible really has to say concerning blood. And what happened to a group of men in the Bible who are recorded as actually eating blood? Eating the animal blood and all. What did God do? Don't guess. Watch the video. Because you're going to learn something. The God of this book, this King James, he loves life. He said, Behold, I set before you life and death. Choose life. The God of the Jehovah's Witness Bible is a completely different being. Completely different. And what would you expect when their Bible version is a revised version of Johannes Grievous Bible? What would you expect if their Bible is a revised version of a Bible version that was translated through trances and seances? I've received several comments from people after watching my Bible and blood transfusion video that mentioned that because of that video they decided to save their life take the blood or allow their family or friend to save their life because they realized the Bible says life is in the blood and Jesus said no greater love does one have than to lay down their life for a friend what did he do for us he gave his blood for us blood is valuable more precious than gold would you give gold to a friend to help them if they needed it I mean, it's not like you're going to give blood and you're not going to get any back. Your body will replenish it. But that brother over there on the hospital bed, his body's running out. You've got a choice. Do you love your brother? Do you love your sister? you got a choice. This King James Bible says choose life. And don't dare go to God and say, I let them die because of you don't even try that you didn't let them die because of God because God never told you to let your brother die because of an Old Testament law from an organization that picks and chooses which Old Testament laws they choose to follow They'll follow the blood law, but they're not going to follow the law that says if your child is rebellious, take them to the city gates and stone them to death. They'll follow a blood law, but they will not follow a law that says if a woman is taken advantage of in the field and she screams and nobody hears her, the man who did it is to be put to death. 
the pedophile that takes advantage of that child and that child screams and nobody's there to hear God's word says the pedophile is to be put to death but the Watchtower Society says oh no 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 you don't call the police you just call the uh, the Watchtower legal department we'll take care of it they pick and choose what laws they choose to want to follow very interesting they would choose the one law that would cause people to lose their life I want to ask you something Jehovah Witness you believe the leadership of your group is representative of God so how far would you take it if they asked you to murder in Jehovah's name would you do it if they asked you to steal in Jehovah's name would you do it if they asked you to break commandment after commandment after commandment after commandment in Jehovah's name would you do it don't lie to me If they told you to do it under penalty of being disfellowshipped, would you do it? Why am I asking this? Because of a cryptic message that they put in your November 15th, 2013 watchtower. That concerns me and a lot of other people because we know where cults tend to end up. Jim Jones, David Koresh, Heaven's Gate, just to name a few. We know where these ultra-powerful, iron-fisted, top-down cults lead. They always lead to ruin and destruction. For some, it just takes a little bit longer for them to reach the end of the road than others. The leadership of the Jehovah's Witnesses are getting desperate. Kingdom halls are shutting down and being sold. Kingdom halls are being consolidated because this one here is not filled up. They don't have enough people. They'll just put them over here and they'll sell the building and make you know, nearly a million dollars or more selling that building that the leadership didn't even have to build. Their members built it for them. The leadership takes all the money for themselves. The leadership's getting desperate. They've got big, powerful, rich friends that they want to keep rubbing elbows with. But as they're losing more and more members, they're making less and less money. So they're losing clout. So how far are they willing to take it? How far are they willing to take you? How far are you willing to go for them? Do you notice they keep talking to you about loyalty, 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 loyalty? Why do they keep drumming this drumbeat of loyalty to you? Could it be that they're setting you up? Do you understand that the followers of Jim Jones were Jim Jones was loyal to him? Do you understand that they looked at him the same way you look at the governing body that he could do no wrong? Even when he does wrong and it's proven to do wrong, they won't say he's done wrong. Do you understand that the leadership of your group has so much power that you have given them? That they can tell you not to talk to your own children and you will ignore your own blood. Now I'm going to ask you again. If they asked you to murder in the name of Jehovah, would you do it? 
because you're going to have to come to the conclusion that they're taking you somewhere. And they wrote something in their watchtower that they gave you an early warning that you'd better be prepared to answer that question. And in that day when they issue their order, I'm hoping that you will choose life. Let me read for you what they wrote, for those of you who don't know. Remember I told you that the Jehovah's leadership are known for going in the Bible and redefining terms to put themselves in the Bible. This is what they did in this article, November 15, 2013. They have two different versions of the Watchtower. There's a public edition, which is watered down, and there is an in-house edition called the Study Edition, which is for Jehovah's Witnesses. This edition is written in a more hardcore terms, darker terms, more sinister terms. The public version that they give out at your door is a watered down version. But with both of these versions that I have here, it's very clear that the leadership of the Jehovah's Witnesses are setting up their members for something. And it's not good. They start off by talking about the Assyrians. This is on page 20, November 15, 2013, Watchtower Public Edition. It says, uh, in the past, the people of Jerusalem were attacked by the Assyrians. Listen to the wording coming up. Soon... Jehovah's people will again be attacked by an Assyrian or enemy that will try to destroy them. Do you see how they took a Bible term, the Assyrian, which has a specific meaning? And in two words, they were able to completely change the definition from the Bible term To their term. Now they insert themselves into the Bible text by changing the Assyrian to now mean any enemy of the Jehovah's Witnesses. Notice the timing words. It says, soon Jehovah's people will again be attacked by an Assyrian. That Armageddon doomsday button that they continue to press to keep their people afraid. What is the end game is the question. Where are they taking these people? For the rest of this article, I have it highlighted here. Whenever the term the Assyrian is used, it's in quotes. They put it in quotes because they've now redefined what an Assyrian is. It now becomes anybody that's an enemy of the Jehovah's Witnesses. Anybody the Jehovah's Witnesses consider as an enemy. Now look at what it says here where it says number three. As a matter of fact, let's start where it says number two on the second column. It says when the Assyrian attacks... Notice again, they make it an absolute when they attack. When the Assyrian attacks, you must be completely convinced that Jehovah will save us. When you understand Watchtower speak, Jehovah, 
governing body. Jehovah, organization. Jehovah, organization. Jehovah's organization. Jehovah's organization. See how they, they merge them together in the mind of the Jehovah's Witness. That one means the other. And the other means the other. So when they say here, when the Assyrian attacks, you must be completely convinced that Jehovah will save us. Who exactly are they talking about? Well, usually in their writings, when you see the word Jehovah, shortly thereafter, it'll say Jehovah's organization. Because they want to link them together as being one and the same, that one can't function without the other. You'll see it here again. We'll start at number two. We'll read right into number three and listen closely to what they say. When the Assyrian attacks, you must be completely convinced that Jehovah will save us. Number three. At that time, the direction that you receive from Jehovah's organization may seem strange or unusual. But all of us must be ready to obey any instruction we may receive, whether we agree with them or not. Because obeying these instructions will save our lives. Obeying instructions, whether you agree or not. That's the watered-down version for the public. In the study edition, it reads this way. We're going to start on the other side here. It says, Lessons for the Day, number 16. The prophecy about the seven shepherds and eight dukes has its major fulfillment in our day. Again, they're taking things that are in the Bible about a specific event in the past... And they're transferring it now to the modern day in order to put themselves in the Bible. The citizens of ancient Jerusalem were attacked by the Assyrian. In the near future, Jehovah's apparently vulnerable people will come under attack from the modern day Assyrians, whose intent will be to wipe them out. Notice the harsher term. Notice the harsher term wipe them out it didn't say wipe them out in the public edition let's go over to this other side we were talking about it starts at uh, number two when the Assyrian attacks the elders must be absolutely convinced that Jehovah will deliver us notice it says in the public edition when the Assyrian attacks you must be completely convinced that Jehovah will save us you see, in the public edition, they're not giving you the inside information. True religion doesn't practice secretiveness. I think we see some secrets happening here. What else does it say here? When the Assyrian attacks, the elder must be absolutely convinced that Jehovah will deliver us. Number three, at that time, the life-saving direction that we receive from Jehovah's organization may not appear practical from a human standpoint. All of us must be ready to obey any instructions we may receive, whether these appear sound from a strategic or human standpoint or not. What are they talking about? And what are they planning for your Jehovah's Witness family member? That they're going to issue a command sometime in the future. 
that the people are going to be required to obey whether they agree with it or not and this command has to deal with people who the Jehovah's Witnesses consider as their enemies who would they consider as their enemies former members people like myself who they would probably classify as an opposer governments utilities police judges what exactly do they have planned to do to these members in the future what is this command that they're going to give out that the members are going to be required to obey whether they like it or not I just want you to think on that because that's something that's been a riddle to me because we know how cults tend to go we know how cults tend to end I'm hoping that they're not planning some kind of a Jim Jones style ending for their group I'm really hoping that they're not planning something like telling the people at a memorial at this memorial you guys can now partake from the cup and it's Kool-Aid Jim Jones flavor you don't think they do it whatever the command is guys they told them you have to be required to obey whether you like it or not if you guys listen to the recording of the Jim Jones thing there was a lot of people who didn't like the idea of drinking the Kool-Aid and dying because they knew that's what Jim Jones was asking of them but they did anyway and their bodies light strewn throughout the jungle men women children who all did it because they were following the leader the leader who claimed to represent God this God said choose life he never asked you to kill yourself he never asked you to put blind faith in a group of people that claim to represent him I'm not dropping this ball guys he didn't ask you to listen to people who use spirit mediums he warned you about those in video 8a yeah we're still going through the videos <laughs> getting everything crammed in here in video 8a we dealt with the watchtower investments we managed to find one just one of the many different trust funds that the watchtower uses and discovered that they have investments in things that would blow the mind of the average Jehovah's Witness because publicly they speak out against these things yet here they are every year for over 40 years now actually over I think it's been about 46 years as of right now 
They've been bringing in millions and millions and millions of dollars by investing in the very things that they claim that they have nothing to do with. Making millions of dollars hand over fist. And that's just one of their trust funds. One of the most popular videos in the series, Video 8A, The Smoking Gun. Video 8B, we dealt with the Australian Royal Commission and what did the governing body say under oath. And it's very shocking to Jehovah's Witnesses, mainly the first few minutes, when the governing body member, Jeffrey Jackson, is asked two direct questions. Number one, does the governing body see themselves as disciples of Christ? Number two, does the governing body speak for Jehovah God? You need to see what the governing body said. Because in their writings, they say they're the only channel Jehovah uses. But what do they say when they're under oath and they know if they're caught lying in court, they're going to jail? When you ask them directly, are you really Jehovah's channel on the earth? What do they say? Watch the video. Video 8B. There's an update video that's up there for those of you who uh, want to check that one out. Video 9A, B, and C were put together to try to help people who are trying to leave. As many people know, when you get involved in a cult, they make it very easy to get in. They make it very hard to get out. Very hard to get out. So I try to show you some demonstrations from various different speakers on how to get out of the watchtower and be able to save face. Video 8C, I cover more of the Watchtower's money grab. The things that they ask of their members to turn over, everything from life insurance to bank accounts to even your frequent flyer miles and all these things that the leadership insists that their members turn over to them. And then I showed the proof that the stocks that I talked about in Video 8A actually do belong to the Watchtower, even though they try to deny it. I show you the undeniable proof from the Watchtower's own publication and from JW.org itself. They are left without excuse. And video 9D, the one I just finished recently, dealing with child custody issues. The secret Watchtower book on child custody. A lot of people have enjoyed this one. They didn't notice the book existed. I had no idea when I did the video that so many people would be interested in this. So I'm glad you're out there and I'm glad I was able to help. And all I ask, guys, I really put myself at risk by revealing these secrets. I'm letting you know that. I mean, I'm not here wearing a mask. I got my face on the camera, my voice on the clamor on the camera. OK, I'm not hiding I'm an easy target. People ask me, Jason, you've never been a Jehovah's Witness. Why do you care what they think? Why do you care? My Christian love compels me to try to reach them. I know most of them are going to slap my hand away as I reach out and try to help out. But there are some out there. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. They know my voice. When you present the word of God to people who are truly wanting Jesus Christ, when you present this King James to them, they'll come to Jesus. And I want them to see that true Bible study is busting open a King James Bible, slamming that nose down on them pages and getting them eyeballs going back and forth, taking in the word of God. That's real Bible study. 
Bible study is not studying magazines that have Bible references in them. That's not Bible study. Bible study is getting in the Bible, seeing what it says. Studying it. Now we're going to get to what I originally was going to do in putting this video together. <laughs> there you go. In the last video that I did on child custody cases, I found some more information that I want to give to you guys to help you guys out if you should find yourself involved in the child custody case. I got some more information. want to share it with y'all. You're going to love this. I'm hoping so at least. When you get yourself a lawyer in a child custody case, make sure that your lawyer does a, um, a search to find the child custody cases that the Watchtower lost. Make sure that they do a search to find the child custody cases that the Watchtower lost. Because when these judges rule, they often will leave a writing as to why they ruled the way that they did. That information may be very valuable to you. It may be valuable to your case. If you have a judge that doesn't want to allow religion in the courtroom, you might be able to tell them, Your Honor, this judge in this state set the precedent that religion can be talked about in the courtroom. And because religion was talked about in the courtroom, it changed the case. The reason why they don't want religion talked about is because they are hiding something from you, Your Honor, and you need to know what they're trying to hide. What I want to do is I want to play for you a short audio giving you a few examples of some court cases where the Jehovah's Witnesses lost and the decisions that were made. And I'm going to come right back and give you one that you're really going to love. Take a listen to this. Uh, this is from uh, Kansas City Star, uh, front page of the Sunday paper, February 9th, 1992, heading um, a matter of faith, hope and custody. Another custody case which we won. And in this case, uh, I'll just quote you a little bit. It says, In an unusual ruling last September, Buska, that is the judge in the case, placed the youngster in the permanent care of Raymond Estes. Buska cited the mother's religious environment and the child's right to love both parents. To grow up thinking your father is a devil, to be alienated from your friends at school, your relatives, I don't think that's in the best interests of a child. There's some examples. In Pennsylvania, a father was restricted from taking his four-year-old daughter door-to-door -door during visitation. In Colorado, the Supreme Court ruled that the beliefs of a Jehovah's Witness can be weighed in custody matters if they are, quote-unquote, reasonably likely to harm a child. Believe me, they are. In 1990, the Nebraska Supreme Court upheld an order barring a witness father from preaching to his young sons anything not, quote, consistent with, a, with Catholic religion, unquote. The boys lived with their mother, a Catholic. So there you go. Some ideas, some precedent that has been laid down. There's a lot more that's out there that you need to have your lawyer find them. And if you can, post them online to make it easy for everybody to find so that we can get these kids out of the cult and have them able to live normal lives like everybody else. Rather than living under that iron fist of the watchtower that's always pounding on them with Armageddon. Giving them nightmares and stuff. We don't need that. For those of you over in the UK, I got something for you. You guys ready? Got something for you guys. Child custody. You ready? June 11th, 2017. Put it on the screen. 
Jehovah's Witnesses lost another one. Remember I told you guys about the importance of having a religious expert on your side? Remember I talked in the last video about expert custody consultants? This is the value of having a religious expert on your side. Informed people who know the history and background of the Watchtower to bust them in court. Watch this. It's from the UK Telegraph, June 11, 2017. The judge's name is Judge Malcolm Dodds. Malcolm Dodds. What happened is real simple. I'm going to sum this, this case up. I'll put the link on there for you for you guys to look it up. I'm going to sum it up for you. In this particular case, the Watchtower wanted to have religion thrown out. The judge says, no, we're going to talk religion. The precedent has now been set for you in the UK. You can talk religion in the courtroom in a child custody case. This judge, Judge Malcolm Dodds, has just laid down the groundwork for you that you can allow religion to be taught in the courtroom. Now, here's what happened. Since religion was allowed to be talked about in the courtroom, the religious expert showed the judge Sparlock. Caleb and Sophia videos and let the judge just sit back and take those in. They also took the time to show the judge some convention speeches, I'm certain. And I got a feeling it may have had something to do with um, the leadership of the Jehovah's Witnesses claiming that those who left the group are mentally diseased. You see, that child's parent, one of them, uh, I think was an ex-Jehovah's Witness. Therefore, when the leadership is saying those who left the group are mentally diseased and they're to be avoided as if they are, you know, have a contagious disease or something. How do you think that went over in the courtroom? I'll tell you how it went over. It says here... <laughs> The mother asserts that in her submissions, now the mother is the ex-Jehovah Witness. The mother asserts that in her submissions that the objectives of the cartoon and Bible story is to condition and indoctrinate children into Jehovah Witness beliefs through a mixture of fear, manipulation, and strict boundaries between behavior which is acceptable and pleasing and that which is not. The next highlighted section says the judge concluded that there was a risk of the youngster suffering emotional damage if he was taken to Jehovah Witness assemblies, annual conventions, and memorials. The next highlighted section says the boy's mother had raised concerns about the boy being harmed by his father's religious beliefs and had told the judge how her son had once told her, God is good and you are bad. Where did he learn that? Where did he learn to talk to his mother that way? He learned from these guys. He learned from these guys. If I would have talked to my mother that way, I would have had my teeth slapped out so quick. Yeah, my parents believed in corporal punishment. 
unlike Jeffrey Jackson who lied about it in court that his group doesn't condone it when he knows they do this child was told that his mother was evil because she's not part of the group anymore and this judge says no you don't the judge forbid the child to be shown any Jehovah's Witness cartoons or animations and he can't go to any assemblies any conventions nothing he said it is emotionally harming to the child his words the child will suffer emotional damage you now have a precedent in the UK that you have a judge who put it on the books that Jehovah's Witness doctrine is emotionally damaging to a child and you can use that in court you can use it you got a new weapon baby and it's fresh 2017 fresh ooh that's good grown-ups are leaving to watch tower in large numbers and if they can't keep the kids the towers coming down and great is the fall thereof wait till video 10 watchtower wait till video 10 when one of your biggest secrets is going to be laid out for everybody This is the importance of having a religious expert, guys. You get somebody in that courtroom that knows the Watchtower's history and background, that has the books and the books and the books and the magazines and everything to be able to show that judge what the Watchtower wants to hide from him. And you'll win. You'll win. Your average lawyer can't compete with a Watchtower lawyer because Watchtower lawyers are not afraid to lie and Jehovah's Witnesses are not afraid to lie in court. What you need is a religious expert. In the last video I talked to you guys about expert custody consultants. They watched the video. The owner of the corporation, Dan Johnson, contacted me and he wanted me to hand some information off to you guys so you guys know a little bit more about their organization and what they do. The important thing is we want to make sure that these children are rescued from this strict, iron-fisted organization that, according to this judge, causes emotional damage to children. That'll dare make a little child go to their mother and tell her, you're bad. Because the religion told her she's bad. We want to rescue kids from this nonsense. Let them grow up and be normal, live normal lives. Expert Custody Consultants is an organization that teaches many things and it will help you in court. So I want to read for you what they sent me to let you know a little bit more about their organization. It says Expert Custody Consultants have helped more than 200 families rescue their children from the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society cult. They've been around for over 30 years. Over 30 years, they've helped over 200 families battling against the Watchtower in court. 
It says expert custody consultants helps attorneys understand how to deal with the issues of religion in the courtroom while respecting the sacred right of religious freedom for all. It offers free consultation, free initial consultation, it says here. The primary objective of expert custody consultants is to help you rescue your young child or children from the dominance of Watchtower Society and offers payment options so that parents can focus on the most important task, which is making sure your child doesn't get trapped in the Watchtower. So they're willing to work with you financially. It says here, the older the child, the greater the dangerous effects of the Watchtower indoctrination. It is best to contact expert custody consultants as early as possible, even prior to any involvement of the court, thus allowing your attorney maximum preparation time for pre-court depositions. Now, here's the bottom line, I think, here. What if the Jehovah Witness attorney is able to convince the judge to remove your religious expert? What expert custody consultants wants to do is to have you contact them early enough, long before your case, so that they can sit down with your lawyer and teach your lawyer what the religious expert knows. So that even if they remove the religious expert, the lawyer knows what the religious expert knows. So what are they going to do? Remove your lawyer? So fine, you want to remove the religious expert? No problem. Here comes the attorney coming up with, uh, Your Honor, you might want to see this. Your Honor, let me tell you a little bit about what's going on here. And that lawyer will be just as informed as the religious expert. And when the watchtower was looking for the right hook, they were taken down by the left. That's smart business. They want to be able to train your lawyer so that your lawyer is as much a religious expert as they are. It says here, expert custody consultants provide the non-Jehovah Witness parent and his or her attorney with highly strategic questions which compels Jehovah's Witnesses to expose the true nature of the cult. They know the right questions to ask. To get the Jehovah Witness to (coughs) cough it up. And make them tell the truth. Like Wonder Woman who wraps that lasso around you and makes you tell the truth. They know how to get it done. They've got over 30 years experience doing it. It says here, Expert Custody Consultants has an exhaustive library of Watchtower source material at its disposal, which means they have the hardbound books that cannot be changed by the Watchtower with an update on your computer. They can show the judge what the group actually wrote and what they actually said, not how the PDFs have been changed. And their inventory is about to get bigger. You know why? Because once my video series is over, all my research work, I'm sending it to them. It says here, expert custody consultants utilizes the Watchtower Society's own documentation to force a Jehovah Witness testifying under oath to acknowledge the truth about the organization. When they're faced with their own literature, what are they going to say?
The strategic question provided by expert custody consultants are streamlined to fit each individual custody case. And it's for this reason that we request about a month to submit them to our clients. So they want to make sure you give them enough time again to, to train the person to be ready for the case. And the last one it says here, Expert Custody Consultants is the only organization the Watchtower has ever written manuals against, desperately responding to the number of custody cases won through our efforts. Expert Custody Consultants is the group that compelled the Watchtower, that broke the back of the Watchtower that they kept losing so many child custody cases to expert custody consultants, they decided to write a secret handbook to lie under oath in court to try to get around what expert custody consultants was doing. You heard in the last video on child custody cases, a gentleman talking about the origin of this book. That gentleman who was speaking He's the guy to put expert custody consultants together. This is an update video. I know it's long, but as I say, I'm trying to get everything out of the way. So with video 10, I can focus on one topic. One. One. It's really important. I can't give away the subject matter right now. I don't want to give anything away. But let's just say the research work is thorough. And I think you guys are going to appreciate the work. I'm not going to go any further than that. There are some of you out there who are considering making a video. You're wondering, should I make a YouTube video? Should I tell somebody my story? It doesn't matter what religion you came out of. It might be Scientology, Mormonism, Seventh-day Adventist, Roman Catholicism, Satanism, Atheism, whatever it is. You might wonder, is somebody even going to care about my video? Is anybody even going to care about my story? The answer is yes. You'll be surprised. You'll be surprised how many people are in the same group that you used to be in. And they're going through the same stuff that you went through. But they think they're the only ones that are going through it. They won't know unless they run into your video. My buddy Ashley, she came kicking and screaming to making a YouTube video. Nobody's going to want to hear my story. Why should I bother putting together a video, Jason? Come on. I said, just do it. What do you got to lose? You want friends outside the group? There are so many in the XJW community that would just love you and embrace you and welcome you like family. And you'll hear her say at the beginning of the video, I don't even know why I'm doing this. And right after she says, right after she said, I don't even know why I'm doing this video. It's like it occurred to her. I know why I'm doing this video now. I mean, when you go back and, and watch the video, it, it's almost like a, like a light switch. Right after she said, I think, wow. Wait a minute, I do know I'm going to do this video. And she began to go for it. And as of right now, that video has over 2,000 plus views. She was shocked. She was absolutely shocked that anybody would even care about her story. And she said, there's more videos coming. 
So if you'd like to see more videos from Ashley, leave some comments down below so I can tell her. She's a wonderful lady. Great, great lady. Great friend of mine. Absolutely precious young lady. And uh, she's totally surprised so many people actually cared enough to, to watch her video and leave so many positive comments. So if you're out there and you're wondering if anybody's going to be interested in watching your video, let me tell you something. Do you know how the Hidden from Jehovah Witness video series came to be? I work a job long hours. I'm driving around all the time. It gets boring out there. So I take YouTube videos and I convert them to MP3 and I listen to the video. So when you see, I, when you hear me say I listen to a video, that's what I mean. I take the video, convert it to MP3, put it on an MP3 player, and listen to it on the job. So I was listening to testimonies of ex-Jehovah Witnesses and I ran into a lady, I believe her name is Stephanie, calls herself Apostate Chick. She had a video called Human Apostate, something like that. And I listened to that video. And it broke my heart to hear what had happened with her mom and, and how the Watchtower came and split their family up and, and how she loves her mom so much. and her, the whole, I mean, It just was so emotional. I listened to it again and again and again and again. And then something happened. Because I realized that I had a whole bunch of books from the Watchtower and my research all these books, book after book after book, after book after book after book after book after book after book from the Watchtower, all this stuff in my research, all these books, all these books, magazines. And what was I doing with it? Nothing. Who was I helping at that time? Very few. Because I watched that video. I was compelled to say, you know what, let me take all my research and make a couple of videos. I literally thought it was just going to be a couple of videos. I had no idea it was going to turn into 20 videos. I had no idea. For the people that I've met because of the video series, may not have met them in person met them through the internet phone calls from all around the world people I would have never met in my life if I hadn't done the video series England Denmark Australia all over the place people contacted me from all over the world asking questions Wanted to know more about the King James Bible. Wanted to know more about Jesus. Didn't know all this stuff was going on inside the Watchtower. Appreciating the fact that I'm not screaming and yelling and cursing and swearing and, and just, just sitting down talking. Just like you're sitting here at my home. And nothing against you who are yelling and screaming and cursing. I got, I mean, hey, to each his own, some are reached in different ways than others. Some of them need a little bit of foot in the booty to get them moving. But as for me, I'm just a softy. I, I take the soft approach. So nothing against any of you out there who are cursing and swearing. and, and all. I still listen to you. I still download your videos and listen to them on the job. You have no clue if I've listened to your video on the job. A lot of you ex witnesses, I check it several times a week on YouTube. And I'm sitting back listening. 
I care about you guys. You need to make a video. Tell people your story. Just tell them your story. That's all you got to do. Get it off your chest. You'll be surprised the friends you'll make. And I'm thankful for every one of you. The screamers, the yellers, the cursers, those who are just simply giving out their message and just telling us, hey, man, this is what happened to me. The ex-Bethelites who went up there to the top and saw what was really going on and came out. I salute you guys. You came through it, man. You came out the other side. It's all right. Make a video. Don't be ashamed. And you you don't have to put your face. If you don't want to put your face on it, you don't got to put your face on the screen. You can put a teddy bear on the screen. You can put whatever you want on the screen. The important thing is the message. Tell us what happened. Because there are people out here who need to know. And again, it doesn't matter what religion you came out of. Tell the story. There are people who are waiting to listen. In my video on the tribute to talented ladies, again, thank you to all of you who watch. I wish more would watch. I mean, they, a lot more people are interested in watching my religious videos than they are to listening to my songs, <laughs> which is kind of sad because I love writing music and I've written so much music and it looks like there's not a lot of interest for my songs and it's like really sad. But I put together this uh, video called a tribute to talented ladies and these are tribute to several ladies that I've met in my life who are very talented some are singers some are artists some are authors some are uh, artists in many different ways painters and that kind of thing and I just simply wanted to get their names out there so people could know who they are so people could uh, enjoy what they do as much as I do one of the ones that I spoke of was Kira Lee Kira Lee Nesser she's an absolute sweetheart and uh, she's put the guitar away for a while. And it's kind of sad because she really writes really good music. And in the video, I mentioned that her band had put together a album called Take My Life. And for the life of me, I'm kicking myself because they have another album also called Monsters in My Head. And if you want a album that will just rock the socks clean off your feet and have your socks dancing on the floor, Kira Lee's Monsters in My Head EP is, it's really good. It's really good. I want to give you some samples of some of her Monsters in My Head music. If you like it, the link will be provided for you underneath this video. Kira Lee Nesser is the name of her, uh, it's her name. The name of her old band is called She's Not Dead. She's Not Dead. And uh, the link will be provided for you. Here are some samples of the music from their album Monsters in My Head. And I'll be right back.
that's what I'm talking about, man. Kira Lee Nesser. If you like the music, I think it's like $5 just for the, the whole EP. She's a very talented lady. I hope someday she'll pick up the guitar again and, and start to play and write music again. And uh, a big salute to you, Kira, my dear friend. Um, I'm hoping this will help promote you and, and get your music out there because I really enjoy your your music. We're almost to the end of this video. Yes, yes, it's been a long video. But again, this is an update video that I wanted to get all the stuff gathered together into one place, all the stuff I may have missed, and give it out there to you guys so that you guys will know. So that when I do video 10, I can do video 10 and have it stick to one topic and go on, be done. I want to leave this video on a high note. Some of you may remember this lady from video number one. Her name was Holly Brewer. She had been through a lot. She had been molested as a child by her Jehovah's dad. When she would go to the Jehovah's leaders to try to tell them that she was being molested, they wouldn't believe her. So she spent a good portion of her life being tormented by her dad through all this uh, sexual abuse and child molestation. When she was finally able to get away from it, some people have different ways of expressing their pain. Her way of expressing the pain that she was enduring emotionally was to tattoo herself up and put all of these piercings all over herself. That was then. But as we all know, I've never been a Jehovah's Witness, but those of you who have been a Jehovah's Witness, you know there's life after Watchtower. And it's good. So what is Holly doing today? More than 10 years later, what is Holly doing today? How does she look today? What's going on in her life today? What's life like after the Watchtower for this young lady who went through so much? I found this little documentary online. I thought that I would share it with you guys to help build you up to let you know that there is life after Watchtower and it can be oh so good. So here's Holly's story to give you guys a little taste of what her life is like now. And I'll be right back. In the 10 years since we first met her, Holly Brewer has gone a long way. Then an aspiring singer. Today, her band, Human Wine, has a following from Boston to LA and into cyberspace. Their music is an eclectic mix, but the common theme is social justice. I've always known I was an activist. There's always been revolutionaries, and I've always, uh, at least since I was 10, knew that I fell into the category of people who really go with their gut and question everything and know when something's fishy and act on it. And today, there's little doubt where that activism begins. <laughs> Thank you so much. Because Holly Brewer told the Fifth Estate a harrowing story one that pitted a young girl against her Jehovah's Witness religion, its powerful governing body in New York, the Watchtower Society, 
and a faith that believes when the world ends, sooner than later, they will be the ones chosen to survive. We first spoke a decade ago, growing up in a Jehovah's Witness family in New Hampshire in the time before her tattoos and piercings. Every Sunday, she put on her best dress, a little girl who knew two things, the Bible and how to keep quiet. Because for years, beginning at the age of three, Holly was sexually abused by her stepfather, a respected member of their church. Her pain, eventually, would become her music. He took away my entire childhood. He absolutely took it away. And I was a very little person. And I learned how to be a big person immediately. By five, she says, she knew how to please her stepfather sexually. Paul Berry threatened that if she didn't keep their secret, she wouldn't survive Armageddon, the end of the world that's at the very heart of the Jehovah's Witness faith. So there was no safe place for Holly when Paul Berry took her into the barn or to their secret room beneath the house. I put down some sheets and made it look nice and made it suitable for rape. And he always called me a bitch, a little bitch. He was a very kinky person. You memorize these motions of he's going to hold me there, then I'm going to do this to him, and then I'll be on top. He'd say things like, you're better than your mother. But it always ends with pain when you're little because you're too little. Your spaces are too little for their spaces. Holly's mother, Sarah, also physically abused by her husband, eventually went to church elders for help, which is what Jehovah's Witnesses are told to do. Elders are supposed to be their spiritual shepherds, but hers did nothing. Their response was that I needed to pray more and be a better wife. That was their response. When we first did this story, that was the recurring theme, that in many cases of alleged sex abuse, Jehovah's Witness elders blamed the victims. Though in theory, child welfare and law enforcement were mentioned, in practice, they were rarely called in. Elders tried to keep it all within the church. In fact, church critics were told of a secret registry at the headquarters in New York with the names of more than 20,000 Jehovah's Witness sex offenders. And official policy was that in the case of an alleged sexual assault, if there were no witnesses and no confession, the investigation was closed. Delta One Keen will be in the downtown area. In fact, the abuse of Holly Brewer only stopped because she finally had the courage to tell local police detective Jack Zeller. To watch a child relive a rape, relive a torture, relive the horrors that she must have had to sleep with. She shivered and she cried when she talked to me, and you just knew she was feeling it all over again. What did you call this room? The secret room. Police accompanied then 16-year-old Holly back to the house in New Hampshire to document what happened. Paul Berry was arrested for what he had done. I was really little. You were really little, I know. Though the Jehovah's Witnesses supported her stepfather in court, he was sentenced to a minimum of 56 years in prison, which likely means he'll die behind bars. No, no. 
they have a phrase, you don't want to ruffle the feathers of the flock. They literally say that. In the years since, Holly and her family became symbols of rebellion for those who've remained in the Jehovah's Witness faith. For many, that's not a good thing. Some of the people who had stayed in the truth, as they call it, um, had told me that they passed around pictures of my mother and my sister and me at almost all the congregations in the district of New England, warning people that we had been seduced by the devil. But since we first met, it's clear she's resolved not to allow the past, as terrible as it was, to define her. When you're laying on the ground and you're forced, either you're forced on the ground or you've put yourself there because you think you don't deserve any better, everyone looks like a big, evil, mean oppressor. If you stand up, you're like, oh, you're like my height. You're not even a big problem at all. Okay, I can handle this. I can call you out. Control, take me home to the place I belong, West Virginia. And by standing up, it seems life has become so much better these days for Holly and her husband and musical partner, Matt McNiss. Palm trees, I'm gonna miss you. Because when you see a palm tree, that's how you know it's warm. We're not going where it's warm next. With performances from coast to coast, here about to leave California for New England, they're like 21st century refugees from the 60s living in a converted school bus, a log cabin on wheels it runs on biodiesel, essentially vegetable grease. Everything in here, all the wood that is in here already, is either dumpster dive mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. just a score. So this is like phase one. I love it. I love the bus. Let's collect gas from restaurants, sleep in the van, eat from the van, solar panels run the fridge, and just actually keep the capital that we create. It's the world's tiniest, cutest, fully functioning propane-powered stove. Of course, a movable home is ideal when you relocate about once every three months. You were rolling. Holly Brewer says after all that's happened in her life, the most important thing she's learned, maybe how to move on. There is a time when it's time to turn the page. There's also a time when it's time to close the book. You don't have to throw away the book in a yard sale or barter it. You know where it is on the shelf. You can access any of those pages at any time. But now, the books don't just fly off the shelves. Those pages don't any longer present themselves at your face and say, deal with me, because you've put them in the order they belong in, you've dealt with them, you know where they are, and you've filed them. Do you ever allow yourself to wonder how your life and how you might be different if none of this had happened? Oh, I, yeah. Oh, I've thought about it. What do you think? Anything could have happened. I definitely think, personally, I became stronger because of every single thing that happened to me. I don't know if everyone would have had the same reaction. Yeah, I'm just, I'm incorrigible. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that whole thing was just terribly sad, and I have to do it one more time, I'm sorry. 10 years ago, I was a little less optimistic about what people were capable of, because my experience had been lots of people trying to steal my light. And I realized that I have an unending connection with everything that ever made me, and you can't steal someone's light. You can only borrow it. Angels of Ten years after she told her story to us, twice that since she first took on her church, 
Holly Brewer still writes and sings about injustice, though now less about her own and increasingly about how it can be overcome. I have decided, I've decided to be a superhero in a way because it feels better to stay active. It feels better to stay positive. So I do have a lot of hope for humanity and I have a lot of love for humanity and I don't think everything's worthless and I don't think there's no hope and I don't think there's no chance. Woke up in the morning sun Sitting on my shoulders, what incredible thing. Love always wins. It always wins. And it feels way better than any other thing besides love. And this time when we caught up with her, she'd written something she couldn't have 10 years ago. A love song. <laughs> and then it just keeps playing. <laughs> you heard it here first. You did, it's a first. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, doesn't that encourage you guys or what? That's awesome stuff there. Very awesome. Well, guys, one last thing and we'll be done. The video series is almost over. I've invested a lot of time into this. I have no wife, no girlfriend, no kids, no nothing. It's just me. And it gives me a lot of time. I wish things were different. It'd be nice to have somebody. But in this time that I have right now, I've been focusing it on trying to reach you. I've spent a lot of money, a lot of time, Everything that I'm using here, I had to buy my own money, busting my butt on my job to make the money to do what I'm doing. The cameras, the computers, the software, those animations that you see at the beginning of some of the videos, I do all those myself. It's a lot of work. I do it for you guys. I at least wanted people to know that there is a donation link on my YouTube page if you should decide that you want to give something, whether it's a one-time thing or whether you want to give something every month or whatever. I've invested a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of effort to try to help people I don't even know. And I believe I've reached a lot of people based upon the comments that I've gotten. And for all of you who have been reached through the video series, I have a new email address for you guys to write to me. It's themusicalgarden at hotmail.com. Themusicalgarden at hotmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. If your life has been touched because of the uh, Hidden from Jehovah Witness video series, or maybe my Answering the Atheist series may have touched you, or maybe something else that I may have presented, if you'd like to write to me, you can reach me at that new email address, themusicalgarden at hotmail.com well guys that just about does it I think I've gotten everything all gathered together here and taken care of for this update video so for right now I'm giving you this update video take it play it back there's a lot of information here so much information on this video feel free if you have any questions or anything write me at the musical garden at hotmail.com the musical garden at hotmail.com and until next we meet guys do me a favor get yourself a King James Bible bust open those pages slam that nose down in there and get them eyeballs going back and forth and learn what the word of God is trying to tell you you don't got to be afraid of Armageddon you don't got to be afraid of nothing the watchtower tells you they've been wrong for a long time but God's word over 400 years in the English language is never going to guide you wrong. I'll see you guys 
on video number 10.